This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is episode 140 of the one and only Valiant Central Podcast. That's true, by the way. There's only one Valiant Central Podcast. That's us. Only one of us. There's like there's other podcasts. But there's only one Valiant Central podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's like hundreds of VCR podcasts. I mean, they're not, they're not all Valiant Comic Reviews, but you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people podcast about VCRs nowadays. I'm not surprised. They're all hipsters, I bet. They're all hipsters that uh, are trying to find the next uh, big hipster thing after, uh, you know, phonographs. <laughs> yes, Paul, that is true. Pulling shit out of your ass is a is a hipster must-have talent. And here's the thing. We're a, a podcast for Valiant fans, but we're not going to talk about photographs. I have been called a hipster, though, because I buy a lot of avocados. <laughs> but we're not here to talk avocados, Paul. You're never going to be able to afford a house because of your goddamn avocado toast, Mark. It's true. You didn't read the study. That's what it said. <laughs> the Hip- study is one rich douchebag saying something. <laughs> Hipsters well, buy too many avocados. So uh, why not? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, President might kick out all the hipsters, too, so who knows? Anyways, we're not here to talk about hipsters. We're here to talk about Inhumans TV series. I have not watched it. I have not read Inhumans. I really don't think I'm interested in doing so either. Okay, we're not talking about that. You know how Comixology will have, like, one of the best things that ever happens with Comixology. It's, it's awesome. When they have a, a code word sale, it's mm-hmm. so, like they had a Marvel BOGO sale. Buy one, get one free. Mm. And they had a Marvel sale going on at the same time. That's the best because you get something on sale mm-hmm. and you can apply the code. So you can get crazy deals. The problem was the sale wasn't human, so I didn't give a fuck. Uh, which Inhumans, Paul? I don't know. I don't care. Mm. I mean, honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to buy stuff really anyways, but if it was something good, it would have been... And with Marvel, eventually I'm going to get the the Marvel Unlimited again. So like, why would I want to buy stuff anyways? I started doing that. Yeah, and in humans, whether or not there's stuff worth reading, I'll find out eventually. But um, it's not something that I'm like, ooh, I want to have this because I love it. So I want to have a copy that I know mm-hmm. is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Unlike uh, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men, which you know what, that's worth owning a copy of. Maybe I will tell you though, Paul Jenkins is in humans really good it's the uh, best that humans have ever read last time i took advantage of this i bought a whole bunch of man thing Ugh. really yeah did you get the Arl stein man thing no that's just stupid, <laughs> stupid like that uh i heard it was bad i got the classic man thing stuff oh, that's um, good yeah, I got like two. Uh, I don't know if they were Omnibuy or uh, or just like collections, um, but I mean they were pretty hardy with material. Anyways, they were on sale, and then with the Bogo, basically, I, th- I think I want to say I got them for like four bucks each. Mm, not bad. With a lot of content. So I mean, just you know, like Nick Wetmore, he uh, 
you know, he uh, wets himself a little bit if you get too too low of a price point per issue, and boy, it's a messy night for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let me tell you, though, Paul, if you're interested in Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire, and I think Venditti stuff is on here as well. I need to look. If you're interested in those things, there is a top shelf sale on Comixology. Oh yeah, I I have like all that stuff. I know, but still. Yeah, no, it's it's good to mention. Um, how it, long is that sale going on for? It ends the 14th of September, so you've got oh, time. There's plenty of time. So by the time we release this, if you uh, are smart and you are a patron, you're listening to this possibly even Tuesday evening. You are. This will be well, out we'll immediately. Tuesday night, solidly Tuesday night. Uh, I think even even West Coast it'll be nighttime. Mm-hmm, Anyways, so you have plenty of time. If you're a fool and you wait till Friday to get this, uh, then you still have plenty of time. So that's that's fine as well. Yeah, Top Shelf, man, they got so much good stuff on there. Well, and, and uh, so let me say this. These books are already marked down. And if you use promo code Top Shelf, you get 55% off the sale price. Yeah, what do they have uh, in there? Do they have Essex County? Yeah, Essex County is on sale for $9.99. So if you use the code, you get it for like four fifty. Four fifty for Essex County. Mm-hmm. You can get Underwater Welder from Matt Kent, or no, that's Jeff Lemire for yeah, Lemire for like two seventy five. It's nothing. Yeah, that is crazy. Anybody, if anybody listening to this doesn't go and get Essex County for four dollars and fifty cents, then ye, I just don't like. Why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to, to, you know, some people will be like, oh, you got to go get everything because it's so cheap and Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent and blah, 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 and they're all great. Um, Essex County is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, even if you're a fool who doesn't like great comics, at least you'll, uh, you know, get a little more breadth by reading it. Um, but yeah, no, Essex County, I absolutely love it. I know some people say that uh, Underwater Welder was their favorite Lemire um, over Essex County. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it's, you know, comes down to uh, different aspects of the story resonating. His underwater welder, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, is about a, a man who's going to have a child. Mm-hmm. And it's exploring um, the relationship he had with his dad. Mm-hmm. As, so he's like trying to come to terms basically with uh, having a kid, but the way it approaches it obviously is not nearly anything that direct. Yep. Um, so that one's very good. But yeah, that that's on top shelf. Essex County is on top shelf. Matt Kent, I want to say, is like Super Spy and Pistol Whip. Yep, those are on there. They're like three bucks and some change. You can get uh, Robert Venditti's The Surrogates for like two seventy five. You can get Homeland Director from Venditti for like uh, two seventy five. No, you can't go wrong with these, dude. For, yeah, for like, less than the price of a comic, you get a full trade. Yeah, if you use Comicsology, anyways, and if you like their, I mean, if you like Valiant, you almost positively like their Valiant work. So mm-hmm. you should check out this other stuff. I mean, it's just you really can't go wrong. Yep. I'm actually gonna check it out while we're talking right now too, because I think I I got it all digitally, but. Like, Essex County I love so much that I, I have it digitally, and I bought uh, a physical copy of it. Hmm. Yeah, I own all these in physical trade. Physical trades, Paul, like a normal human being. 
Um, there's no Valiant sale though, but I'm sure there's gonna be coming up, uh, coming up in two weeks, maybe, with uh, New York Comic Con coming up. I think yeah, it's I feel at the like end of the month. Has sales. It's funny. Uh, so you know, we've been talking about cutting pull lists and cutting down on stuff, and I saw in our uh, Facebook conversation there, man, I could get from hell for four fifty and then regret it because I don't want to read that. That's great. <laughs> um, I do have Underwater Welder as well, also, yeah. by the way. Um, but yeah, so uh, Aaron was commenting that he's trying to figure out how to cut down because he's realizing that he's talking up on stuff and he gets his stuff digitally, but he's like loading up on stuff. And like, I look at that and that is the easiest, like, what the hell are you thinking moment? Uh, you're getting it digitally. You could buy it literally whenever the hell you want. Mm hmm. Why are you buying it before you want to read it? It just doesn't make any sense. Especially if you're oh, if you're stocking up on stuff. Why? Yeah, buy it yeah. when you want to read it. Because you know what? Uh, if you don't buy it immediately, there's a good chance it's going to be on a sale and you can get it for dirt cheap anyways. Yep. Yep. I mean, like, I'm loaded up on, on, uh, on Comixology stuff, but you know what? I have never paid full price for anything on Comixology. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and even then, like, I have plenty of stuff that I probably shouldn't have bought because I haven't gotten to it. And that's one thing I'm even learning over time is, uh, instead of buying it all just because you can't, like, it's gonna be on sale again. You know, unless it's something you know you want to read within the near future, there's no harm in waiting for it because it's gonna come back around. Even if you gotta wait a while. But, I mean, anybody who, you know, works the comicology sales, uh, know how to be patient too and they they got plenty of stuff stocked up to read you know yeah nick's really good about that yeah yeah nick's yeah. really good about that um since since you since you were talking about uh the culling i have a follow-up from last episode which we titled the culling um i was on twitter this morning and our good buddy rob krieger sent me a tweet about some aftershock books and it inspired me to do a podcast which ended up being a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I figured I'd get on and talk for like 15, 20 minutes about kind of what I'm cutting down and how I'm doing it. And it ended up being almost an hour. So, <laughs> if you want to hear me talk to myself for an hour about uh, how I am managed to cut down on my pull list, what I've cut down... Uh, where I'm going digital and all that, you can uh, head on over to nerdylegion.com slash episodes slash N as in Nancy, L as in Larry, dash 114, and uh, listen to that. It was fun to record, though. I had uh, a lot more thoughts than uh, than I thought I had. And uh, for anyone uh, that's curious, yes, I am cutting Valiant. I am. Uh, like I said on that podcast, the only thing that I wish wasn't going away is Secret Weapons. Because that is my favorite. So I'll, I'll continue with Exo Manowar. But uh, other than that, I don't, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. And Valiant's kind of an easy one because we get the preview copies, right? So I'm still going to be buying the trades and all that. But if I feel like I have to read a book immediately from uh, from Valiant, I'll just go in and read the preview copy until I get my trade in, and uh, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm playing yeah, with it's... I'm playing with some other apps too, though. If uh, if you have a local library, there are digital 
apps you can get from your library with your library membership. And a lot of those do have Valiant books. They're, you know, three or four months old, but you can still get them. Yeah, you get the story of my tits. What? Yeah, it's a book you can get on this uh, top shelf sale. <laughs> oh, I might get yeah. that super fuckers. That sounds good. You can't say that kind of language on this podcast. Oh. We're a family fucking friendly podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I've tapped out my top shelf stuff. Uh,. The one that's tempting is from hell because I know that it's good, but I also know I don't want to read it. So that's that for you. Yeah. So as to what you were saying, though, uh, you know, people think it's like such a taboo to stop purchasing a comic as floppies. Um, getting stuff in trade is just a different way of getting it. I mean, so many people do it already, but it's like making that jump from getting floppies to trade is like such a taboo. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, people will, you know, whittle stuff down and increase stuff and whatever, but it's like they always have those, like, the the line that they can't cross. Um, but it's, you know, we, we talked about this some last week. Uh, it's, it's really, like, you got to think about, like, how do you enjoy reading comics? And, you know, if you're going to buy individual issues, of, of course it makes an impact on the, the, you know, the company publishing those. Um, or the creator making them. Uh, but you got to think about, like, to what extent does it make that worthwhile to you? Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, uh, so here's my big bombshell after last week. Like, not only am I cutting pretty much everything, I sold my collection. Mm-hmm. So Again. I I kept a, a handful of, uh, of, of various comics that I wanted to keep. I kept comics that were gifts from people. You know, like a, a signed copy here or there or something special like that. So anything that had special value or that I just particularly loved, I kept mm-hmm. a few things, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got, I got a short box that is actually, like, pretty sparse, but uh, that's going to be my uh, my space for any individual issues I keep, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm not, uh, you know, it's it's the, the habit of collecting isn't something that works for me anymore. Um, so... I had already decided to go to doing trades for Valiant, which made me happy. And then the big bridge to cross there was Ninja Turtles. So I said, screw it with Ninja Turtles, too. <laughs> um, I have, there's four IDW collection hardcovers that collect everything. The miniseries and everything in reading order. I have the first four of those. I have pretty much everything digitally, too. Um, so I just finally... And, you know, and the funny thing too is going through it as I was sorting through to see if there were any things I did want to keep mm-hmm. is like once you break it, I, I'm looking through. I'm like, I don't really have an emotional attachment to this stuff. You know, it's just it's just stuff. You know, it, it all depends on how you look at it, what really matters to you. So it's it's hard to make those choices. But um, and like to do it, I had to you know, rip <laughs> off the band aid too. So I I loaded everything up in my car and I took it to my to my LCS and was just going to leave with whatever he gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't matter. I just, I had to be rid of it to break the, the habit, you know? Yep. No, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I've been, I was actually, uh, before we got on, I read, uh, Renegade seven, 
Um, I, there's still quite a few I need to catch up on because I haven't read in a few weeks. But mm-hmm. uh, I read, uh, you know, I basically started that process of reading through the the review copies that we have, so I can keep up to date on stuff, so we can talk about it and whatnot. Um, but I'm excited about starting to get the trades as they come out. Which, as uh, as our Patreon does better, I would like to be able to use the the Patreon to keep up with what trades are coming out, so that way we can, um, you know, kind of utilize that in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like with the, the Ninja Turtle one, it's weird because I want to get the hardcovers. I don't want to get the trades while I'm waiting either, because that's a big waste of money. So I'm going to be waiting a long time to get my Ninja Turtle stuff. So I, I don't know about that. Like that one, I still haven't quite felt settled with yet but you know mm-hmm. whatever uh without spoilers because i haven't read it yet how how was uh harbinger renegade number seven so i was looking forward to reading it partially because of the the unusual uh content of the last couple issues where it just like it hasn't been any kind of contiguous story mm-hmm um, and on top of that, a certain friend of ours, uh, strongly proclaiming his hate for it. Um, you know, so I, I wanted to, to get in there and see for myself because, like, you know, we, we talked in depth about issue five. And, like, I thought it was a pretty strong issue. There are flaws with it, but I think that the flaws are um, more pushing stuff through rather than you know, just poor quality with it by any means. Mm -hmm. So, and then you get issue six that is like going way off course. That's especially reading issue seven. Issue six makes no damn sense. (laughs) And I got, I got to call shenanigans on issue six. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. Um, I'm sure I I liked issue six though. I liked it fine. It doesn't fit in. And I got to call shenanigans. Like that's a bullshit way to do an arc. Uh, of a comic, it it would be one thing if if Valiant wasn't very deeply ingrained in the like we do four issues in arc all the damn time. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they vary from it, it's slight, but it's still like it's just tweaking it slightly where they have a three issue arc or five issue arc. But it's not like they're a company that regularly you know, the the way stories come out is very systematic. It's not like you know reading X Men back in the day with Claremont, you have a ton of one issue stories, you have some two issue stories. You have, and then you have some stuff that'll stretch out longer than that. But even the stories that stretch out longer, you can break down into smaller stories that are still one or two issue stories, essentially, carrying mm-hmm. along the bigger story. That's not what Valiant does. That's not what most comics do nowadays. But um, when you like pretty strictly stick to the formula of four issue arcs, you can't just say like, "Oh no, it's okay to do this," when that's not what anybody expects, and there's not a strong reason for it. So. I thought it was, like, I enjoyed reading the issue. I thought it was a good issue and all that, but I still got to say, like, you probably should approach that differently. Um, at the very least, made it clear <laughs> that that issue was just going to, like, have nothing to do with the arc you were in the middle of. Um, well, to be fair, we don't know that. We don't know that. But I get but I get your point. Uh, I mean, there's, there's only not have anything to do with issue 5 or issue 7 so you don't argue with me about that oh well it might have something to do with issue 8 it might but it, we're not there yet it has nothing to do with issue 5 or issue 7 which are the two issues that border it so it's still at this point three issues into the arc you're like what the hell was that mm-hmm. and that that's 
I I got to call bullshit on that. You know, I, I said it before when we talked about the issue. Like that's you you could have done it differently. Could have. I mean, who knows what'll what'll come in issue eight? But I it's still gonna be like this was a weird issue. And like you know, think about other people. Like it's one thing for us to talk about it now, and what are we gonna experience with it? But what about when somebody picks up the trade and is reading it and was just like, what the hell was that? You know. They might get to the end of the trade, and okay, I guess it ties in, in here. But everybody is going to have that. What the hell is that experience when they're reading through this stuff? Because mm-hmm. even if it get answered later, you don't get to later before you get to that. Sure. So whatever. Sure. But that—that's all a big tangent. Like I, I enjoyed the issue. I'm not regretting that the issue exists. But um, I liked issue seven. I thought the writing was fine. Um, I saw somebody comment on uh, on uh, some certain Canadians' uh, hateful post, uh, <laughs> saying that they thought that uh, that Rafer has been hitting his stride with Harbinger, and like I agree with that, you know, especially looking at uh, issues five, six, and seven. I like I think that he like the, the first arc. I I could pick apart the first arc in a lot of different ways. Um, even though I still think that just as a writer he was he was improving, mm-hmm. um, and like A and A, I just I, I wasn't a big fan of that uh, personally, uh, and like this it just it feels like he keeps on improving. Like I mean we've talked about this before, but you know Rafer doesn't have a ton of uh, writing credentials before this. Um, so it's like I, I just see it as like he keeps on improving of what he's doing. Reading issue seven, I thought he did a fine job, and I thought he represented people well and everything. Um, honestly, my problem with it is I think that uh, Derek Roberts is that the yeah artist Derek Robertson mm-hmm. Robertson yeah his art sucks fuck his art wow strong it words in other places but man his art is meaty fucking ochre in this shit. Listen, we don't have an explicit tag on this podcast, Paul. <laughs> you blew that earlier already. <laughs> um, you're the one that has to put those little beeps in, not me. Uh, I'm um, not doing nothing. I know because you're lazy. Well, the patrons uh, will hear the profanity. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> See, there's a perk. You get to hear bad words. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, you've you've defended his art in the the grander scheme of things, like outside of Valiant, whatever. But you know what? Everything I've seen him do in Valiant has been mediocre, and I think that this is just more mediocre. Mm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not the worst, but you can see so, you know, like we talked about it with issue five, where there were just so many panels that just were like, what the hell is going on? Um, and for, that's that's the super high profile issue that they were, they had, he had like five years to do it. He had like legit what four or five months before it uh like between issue four and issue five mm-hmm. and he still had panels in issue five that you like couldn't even make out what was happening so i'm to in an attempt to do him justice i just pulled out my harbinger renegade trade and i'm looking at it um yeah i'm like looking at this i mean his art's not all bad by any means but now, see, then I get a little further in, I'm like, oh my god, this just gets ugly. Ugly. Ugly art. I, 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 I get what you're saying, Paul. I do. I understand. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't think it's the best art. I think the problem really is, 
as a Valiant fan, we have grown accustomed to having fantastic art. Fanta- like, think about it. The first three, four years for sure, top-notch artists. I don't think there was a single book that had better art in it. Can you think of one that had better art? Mm, not really, no. Okay. I mean, like, regardless of what you think of the writing, I would say every book had good art. You know? I know people kind of crap on Quantum and Woody. I thought Quantum and Woody was great. And Tom Fowler's art on that was fantastic. Yeah, Tom Fowler in the first arc was great. Um, and, I mean, just everything top to bottom, I think the art has been great. But, you know, Derek Robertson's art is not what Valiant fans expect, I think. Uh, I think we expect more polish and realism and grit. And, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Juan Jose Rip. He's kind of divisive for some people. Some people hate his stuff. But, you know, he's also growing on some. And I think Rip's stuff is fantastic. Um, Rip was doing stuff for Avatar back in the day. That was awesome. It's just Nobody a, a slightly different about style. That movie about blue creatures. Paul, I'm talking comics here, Paul. Nobody knows what Avatar is. Oh, God. I guarantee you people they, know what Avatar is. What do they publish? They haven't published anything. All they publish is the shitty Alan Moore stuff. Which they're not publishing now because he's retired again. I thank God. <laughs> But uh, anyway, and then like a lot of the guys have gone over to work for like DC and Marvel. Like, uh, what's his name? Raphael Sandoval. He's doing, uh, he's working with Venditti on Hal Jordan. So he's too busy to work for Valiant. I don't know what's going on with, uh, oh God, what was his name? Uh, Bob Gill. That did, uh, he did Eternal Warrior and Punk Mambo and a few other things. I love yeah. his stuff. He does great kill shots. And I don't even know what he's doing now. He's not doing Valiant stuff. At least not that we know of. So that's kind of a shame. I think he retired with Alan Moore. Is that what it is? That's probably it. And I'm looking through, like, I'm, so I'm flipping through that first trade, and, like, some of the art is just fine, but, but then some of it just gets, ugh. Like, it, and I've said this about other stuff, uh, you know, we're talking about this like with Faith, and they've gotten some artists that I particularly like working on Faith at times, um, like even like Mike Norton or Joe Eisma. Um and it just it doesn't come off looking great. And I think it's because a lot of these guys, like, you know, these these aren't the. Well, I mean, Robert, what the hell is his name? Robertson. Robertson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ro- you know, Robertson. He's been regular on this book, but I mean, what else does he do? Is he doing something else right now? I don't know that. Um, but the guys working on Faith, like clearly, that's not their main gig because they're only doing a, a you know an issue or two here and there, and they got like I know that Mike Norton and Joe Eisman got other projects they're working on um, that are their you know their big projects whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the I, the art just so often looks like it's rushed. You know, they're not doing the best work that they can do. Um, and it's not true with everybody or all the books or anything like that, but, man, some of this stuff, like, that's just how I feel about Robertson's art. But, like, you look at him and it looks like he should be doing his best with this. I don't know what else he's got going on, but, you know, he's he's the guy on this book. I found Robert I mean, Gill. He's working at Marvel. 
Yeah, it's just big companies, man. He was All doing uh, Totally Awesome Hulk, and apparently he's going to be doing Iceman. See, I think that's a problem, dude. Seriously. Look at, uh, look at our buddy Brent Peoples. For years, we tried to get Brent to work at Valiant, and they gave him cover work, but never interiors. And now he's he's working for DC. He's going to be doing um, the the new Superman, the Chinese Superman book. Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't he get couldn't get that guy on here? Like, all the fans love the guy. He's super awesome. I don't know, man. I don't get it. I don't. Get, I'm starting to get upset, Paul. I try not to get upset on this podcast. This is not the conversation I thought we were going to be having tonight, but I'm starting to get upset. Well, you know, as as far as that, like, you know, you see the guys come and go, and they, they you end up with the big companies. The big companies where the money's at. I mean, from we my, about from this. from my understanding, the page rate at Valiant is higher than elsewhere. Well, yeah, that might be true, but the opportunity for better things. You get your name on a DC or Marvel book, you know that means more than getting your name on a Valiant book. Absolutely. So, I mean, as far as career advancement, it's it's important for creators. But you look at uh, who's who's the guy that does that four four kids walk into a bank? Uh, Rosenberg. Yeah, he got his Marvel gig. How often does that book come out? Well, you know? and the last issue comes out tomorrow. Yeah, finally after seventeen years, two years, uh, but yes, two years, five issues in what should have been fourteen issues. I actually I chimed in on that on uh, the the solo podcast that I recorded this morning because um, he was talking he was talking about something about sales on on his Twitter account, and I know that in our private chat Jay was talking about it, and I want to say that Nick chimed in as well. Like you can't complain about sales if your book doesn't come out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You you have to come out regularly, and that goes you know back to the conversation about uh, pull lists. If you have a book that's not coming out regularly, screw it. Like pick it up and trade because that way you're going to at least get a whole piece of story when you pick it up. But if they can't get the book out, why would you want to spend money on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, one book that I, I ended up sticking it through, but there were two times that I was about to drop it, and then when it finally came back out, it was worth keeping, and that was Mad Fraction David Aha's Hawkeye. Mm. Absolutely loved that run, um, and but they, there were a couple of times where there were huge gaps in it, um, and I mean it got to the point where I was like, you know, what? I'm I'm not going to keep getting this, and I'd say, okay, you know what, I'm going to give it one issue when it comes back, and it needs to blow me away with that one issue, or I'm not going to keep getting it mm-hmm. because it's it's not worth this, and. That's an example of one where those one issues blew me away. But in between the gaps with that one, at least it was coming out regularly. Um, even though the, in you know how, the run of I don't know however many issues, like around thirty maybe, like probably a little less than thirty. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, they had two gaps, and both times they had gaps, they were it wasn't just like a month; it was significant. Um, but you have a book like Two Kids Walk Into a Bank. That never Four kids. comes out regularly. Four kids, whatever. Yeah, two kids never it, comes out. Four kids came out sometimes. Well, two kids got bored. And <laughs> went home play video they said, game. screw this bank, we're out. Yeah, so, you know, coming out regularly matters a lot. I mean, that's part of what's been successful with Valiant is coming out regularly. And there have been a few times that maybe it, it, it bit them in the ass because uh, they put out stuff that wasn't the quality it should have been. Um, you know, like I think Shadow Man's the biggest example of that. But I know there was something else I was thinking of the other day where they put something out that's just like, 
God, why would you even put that shit out? Like, just take a month, breathe, you know? Just, but don't do that. I can't remember what it was now, though, but it was something that rubbed me that way. So do you think that's um, why we only have six books right now? Why do we only have six books? I'm, right I'm, I'm just curious. It, um, the number of books doesn't matter to me, but I'm just curious. Well, no, it's it's a good question because the reduction in number of books is something that's significant. And, I mean, that's a 33% reduction in the number of books that they're publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's significant, you know? Uh, that would be like only one and a half kids showing up. Uh, to the bank. <laughs> God, that'd be creepy if one and a half kids showed up to the bank. (laughs) Yeah, you you get that teller to give up that money quickly that way. (laughs) Um, You just want to get that half and get out of there. Which half, though? Is it the top half or the bottom half? I'm going to say bottom half. Mm. So you got a couple legs walking around. You got some intestines sticking out the top. Oh, my. You you don't fuck with that. You give that shit some money and tell it to go away. (laughs) Um, But, uh... I think it, it goes a lot to a lot of the things we're talking about where they had a period where they were trying um, a lot of different things and shifting away from kind of what the core of Valiant seems to be. Um, I'm not going to say definitely what the core of Valiant is because I think as, you know, as fans with strong opinions of what we like and what we liked in Valiant, uh, we get a little too comfortable saying that we know what it is and what it's supposed to be, and I don't think that's fair or true. Mm. Um, we don't dictate that. Um, you know, and you, you get the fans that go back to the old school stuff, and they think that they're the ones that know what it is. You go back to look at the old school stuff, man. It's all over the place. There's all kinds of stuff. They just remember the stuff that they liked the most back then, and mm-hmm. they're bl- turning a blind eye to all the stuff that wasn't that. Yep. And then, you know, then you could say, well, this is what it's supposed to be. Well, no, that's that's not what you had back in the day either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's that they they realized they needed to, to make a big adjustment uh, in what was coming out. Uh, you know, maybe attentions were getting split too far. Maybe they've lost uh, too many creators to those two big companies that look a lot better on a resume, you know? Sure. Shifting priorities, readjusting what they're focusing on doing. Um Obviously, heading towards Harbinger Wars 2 is a big part of the planning on what's going on. So I think that that's probably a big part of the reduction for books. You know, we saw the the gap in publishing for Renegade um, to kind of pace it correctly to get get things where they wanted it to be. And when you read issue 7, like, issue 7 is just dripping of this is heading towards Harbinger Wars 2. Um, so, you know, I'm... I'm Looking forward to hearing what you think of issue seven when you read it, because uh, this is definitely like getting the the movement going towards that now. Um, so I think that you know it may be there, there's probably a, a lot of factors to it, but part of it is getting the momentum going back in the direction that they want it mm-hmm. and reducing distraction from that because you know, you're a small publisher and you know we had the period where it felt like a lot of the books were trying to expand out in different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're a small publisher, maybe that's not always the best thing to do. Like you have to, you know, my, my two cents when they were seeming to expand out and try trying different things and trying to appeal to different groups is you had to have a really strong core in the middle of that. Um, and I don't think that, like I think that they pulled away too much of the core to try to reach outwards and it kind of lost its balance, you know? 
Um, so maybe that's why they're 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 getting back to the core and they're focused really hard on heading in this one one certain direction. I guess we'll see. We'll see. I I hope so. I hope so. How about that? Yeah, and ultimately, uh, you know, we've been, we talked about this a little bit before too. We keep on kind of touching back on the same things, um, but we, you read comics to enjoy what you're reading. So, if you're, you know, in general, like everybody out there, if you're getting too caught up on what are they doing, why are they doing it, where is this going, and trying to read into everything and figure everything out. I mean, you can enjoy that stuff, and if you enjoy that, fine, whatever. Um, but, like, boil it back down to, are you enjoying reading the comics or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, six books coming out a month right now. Like, I'm really digging some of them a lot, and some of them are okay, at the sure. very least. But I'm not regretting reading anything that I'm reading. Uh, whereas, you know, I can't say that about everything, that's for sure. <laughs> I, uh... So I, I just ordered from the library the second and third trades of Southern Bastards. Don't care. And I really like Southern Bastards I when it first came Shut up and listen. Okay. Uh, I, I liked it when it first came out. Like, the first arc was, you know, it was like a harsh story, but a strong story. Um, and, you know, then the second arc was a pretty cohesive story. And I, so I looked at it, and I realized looking at the second trade that I had already read all that. So I returned that to the library. And then I started looking at the third trade, and I realized I had already read almost all of the third trade also. But the third trade starts to be all these like kind of offshoot stories, these like kind of one-issue stories about different people. And I believe that was also when they started having a lot of trouble getting that book out on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I, just, I looked at that, and I was talking with Ronnie some because, you know, he loves it. And the third trade ends with an issue that makes me want to read the fourth trade if it's going off of that and taking that story and running with it kind of to the conclusion of that story. But Ronnie told me, yeah, not really. That's not really what happens at that point. It's kind of all, all over the place and you hardly see anything of that. So I was like, oh, that's good to know. I'm not interested in that book anymore. Um, there's too much like, you know, I'm with any book I'm, I'm reading, I'm looking at like, you know, what do I enjoy about it? Uh, and is is there enough of that to make it worth the cost? But then also, are there things that detract from the enjoyment of the books? So like with Southern Bastards, um, the so a, a lot of the content's pretty vile in there. Um, and I don't like reading something that is gratuitously violent or sexual or like any of those things um, without there being a reason for it. And that reason has to offset and then some, you know, like... I don't want to read a book that's about rape that there's no purpose of it being about rape, you know? Mm-hmm. That it's just like it's just a book that has rape in it. That doesn't make any sense. You know, that's just reading something that's horrible for no reason. Uh, so, yeah, with Southern Bastards, it's an example of one where I look at that book and I'm just like, there's all these terrible things in this book. And there's nothing to me that's offsetting that and then also going beyond just offsetting it but making it a beneficial thing for me to read. Sure. Uh, I just saw the preview images for Ninja K number one. It looks awesome. Yes, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, Tomas Giorello doing the art. It's freaking... Oof. Anyways, I think we should wrap this up, Paul. That's a short what I one, think. Huh? It is, well, you know. They can't all be 
super long, and it's it's almost an hour. Almost an hour. Uh, hopefully soon we're going to get to see this uh, Ninjak vs. the Valiant Universe trailer. I know you and I didn't chime in on it publicly, and I don't know what the reaction has been to the cancellation on Facebook, because I quit Facebook. But, it's interesting. Yeah, it's mostly kind of a what else is new response. Um, I saw it on Twitter, because I was like, I'm going to go say something. And then most of the responses were like, it's okay, we'll wait. It's going to be good. Um, and I just said, hey, maybe you should get the guys in charge of uh, publishing that get books <laughs> out that. on time involved in this. <laughs> and Dinesh said, uh, oh, it's it's one team. Everybody's working together. I was like, sure. I was like, you know what? I, I you know I left on a positive note because I mean I I want them to put out quality stuff and I I do think that that's what they're trying to do. I just you know think that you, when you do so good about making promises with your books and following through with them, you shouldn't make promises that you can't keep elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, is is kind of the problem. But you know I, I have faith in Valiant as far as the quality side of stuff goes. Yep. Um, so. Uh, when we were talking before about what to talk about with this episode, and you know, this is an instance where we kind of got off on tangents that carried the episode and gave us enough to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, obviously, we've mentioned that we're doing a, a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Valiant Central Podcast and, mm-hmm. uh, and set that up, and you can uh, give us $5 a month and get immediate access to the podcast as soon as we get them posted. Well, you need, you, need, you need to rephrase that. At any level, you get access to that. Oh, okay. My bad. So um, at, a, at a buck, you get early episodes. Only a dollar a month to uh, to be able to get the podcast a few days early. Um, and since we usually publish it on Friday, that means that you're getting it uh, for during your work week without having to save it for a few days. Mm-hmm. I know that matters to, to a lot of people who listen to podcasts while working. And then tell me that they listen to podcasts while working, so that way I can be jealous that they're listening to my podcast while working, and I can't listen to a podcast while working. <laughs> um, but uh, so we uh, we also are doing uh, some Patreon exclusive podcasts. So, for example, you know we were already talking earlier about other books by Valiant creators, and we have a special edition episode about Ether by Matt Kent, which I absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be doing more of stuff like that. Uh, we have another one in the bag about Gotham by Gaslight uh, that I don't know when you were planning on releasing that, but that'll come out at some point. Um, well, I don't want to put them all out together. So oh yeah, e- e- if you're a Patreon, you can listen to our Ether episode out now. Uh, if you want to hear our thoughts on Gotham by Gaslight, it's uh, probably going to be another two or three weeks before I put that on the Patreon feed. Yeah, we just co- coincidentally had enough time to record a couple of episodes of yep. podcast. So the way that works is if you're a Patreon at any level, dollar and up, you get access to an exclusive audio feed only for patrons, and you can get those episodes that way. You also get this podcast three or four days before anybody else. And there's going to be other stuff too. So we're we're about to do the uh, the shout outs here. You get your your shout out on the uh, on the podcast itself. We're gonna have Patreon uh, hangouts maybe once a month or so, where we get uh, we get together with the patrons and just chat about whatever whatever the patrons feel like chatting about. And uh, there's other stuff that we're playing around with. I know Paul wants to do uh, a goodie, 
So I gotta. Yeah, we're, I gotta we're don't talk about, about the goodie. Don't talk about the goodie. I'm not gonna say what the goodie is. Okay. But we're just talking about ideas for giveaways that would involve Patreon. Um, a lot of ideas coming up. But so my, my point with mentioning all that, besides that, you should go and, and sign up for it, so that way we can do more fun stuff with the podcast. Is uh, we want more of your ideas. We want to hear what you guys want to hear about on the podcast. Um, you know, we've always been a lot more kind of free form on it, but mm-hmm. uh, with with changing up our approach to the podcast to kind of keep it going and, and keep it something that is sustainable. Uh, we have talked about what things can we do on a more regular basis. Um, so let us know what you guys want to hear. Like one, one thing is talking more often about the trades that come out. Yep. Um, we're not going to start reviewing every issue each week. Uh, that's never going to be something that we're going to do. We'll only talk about new issues that just came out. If it's something that just particularly compels us to do so. Correct. Uh, but trades is something that we may dive more into because that's something that is more in tune with how Martin and I are enjoying our comics these days. Um, another thing is just uh, what, what other kind of subjects or topics can we talk about? We have how many years of Valiant now? Five years of Valiant? Five years of Valiant. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. So I was trying to think of something that could spark conversation tonight. And uh, one thing that popped into my head like right at the last minute was uh, talking about um, – underrated stories in Valiant, uh, whether it be you know titles or individual arcs or whatnot. Uh, so we don't need to go in depth on that. It's something we could uh, put back in the hole for later. But like an example for me, one that I think was very underrated was uh, during the summer of Armor Hunters, there was a three-issue miniseries that came out that didn't really get any attention. Uh, and that was Harbinger Omegas. Mm, yes, um, fantastic. I, I thought that was the best book coming out that summer. I thought that, you know, if you really looked at it, that was better than Armor Hunters. Armor Hunters just had the breadth and the scope and all that kind of stuff. It was Armor Hunters was, you know, a great great story to read definitely, but um Harbinger Omegas I thought was absolutely fantastic and just kind of flew under the radar and you know bridged the gap for us between Harbinger and uh after a little little time in between we got Imperium which I think we could also talk a lot about Imperium for being an underrated story that, you know, by the end of the run, it got a lot of attention from Valiant fans and people were disappointed that it was going. Um, but at the beginning of the run, everybody just kind of grumbled about it. Well, don't talk about it because we're saving that. Yeah. What we're going to do, though, is thank our current patrons at the $5 or higher level. And I'm not going to read last names unless you tell me it's okay. So we got Julian F, Michael S, Travis W, and my Loa is acting up again. I'll tell you, that guy with the Loa, he's got problems. It's always acting up on him. Anyways. You're uh, very good control. <laughs> thank you uh, to those people for supporting the podcast, and I hope that you're enjoying the extra content. Well, let's wrap it up, Paul, because we got other things to do. This has been the Valiant Central Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you check out patreon.com slash podcast for uh, more stuff. And uh, I'm no longer on Facebook, but you can still go to the uh, Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash valiantcentral. And, uh, of course, we are on Twitter. He's at Who's Paul, and I'm at Geekvine. Together, we are at valiant underscore central. And you can email us at our new email address, Paul, vcp at nerdlegion.com. Bam. So shiny. Only took uh, two years for me to make that. Anyways, that's it. We'll see you uh, next week. 